For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Never miss a thing with the latest Newcastle news, gossip and social stories as they break. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Welcome to CHN Radio episode 130. It's your boy, Greg Troxel. So nice to meet with you on our weekly endeavor across the, uh, I guess, nothingness that is Newcastle United right now. We're all over the news, but just nothing's happening still. Uh, so to talk about a whole lot of nothing with me, like we do every week, it's the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. How you doing, man? You know, I'm, I'm doing great, you know excited that i'm alive uh oh, yeah, I was, me too. I, yeah 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 i was wrong last week um three times <laughs> no, you were. but it's fine no you're right you're yeah. right um, we don't know what you're talking about yeah no. we're just gonna ignore that yeah uh, please do not listen to last week's episode <laughs> there you go um but yeah i think that's bad practice <laughs> maybe no no see that's it's 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 reverse psychology i told people not to listen mm. to it and they're going to listen to it because i told them not to because you said yeah obvious okay i, so I can actually hear everyone like clicking out of this right now and getting on to last week's one mm, yeah, it works they're actually yeah so <laughs> go ahead and do that unsubscribe resubscribe oh you know what we've got a lot of new listeners greg i think um because we've got new followers if you haven't left us a five-star review on apple Podcasts, what are you doing yeah seriously what are you doing we because cur- you need to we currently still have the most five-star reviews of any Newcastle United podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thankfully, um, Pod on the Tyne isn't on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> yeah, they would <laughs> um, definitely have more than us. Uh, but so it's it's us. So and we appreciate the love. Uh, you know, last time we got a, an influx of five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, we had a giveaway. So who mm-hmm. knows what the potential is, what the possibilities could be. Yeah, by just clicking five star, and yeah, you could, and obviously, like legit feedback would be fantastic to hear. But even if you just click five star and wrote like poo poo pants, yeah, yeah, that like that's fine. Just like make sure you click five stars. Yeah, that's all <laughs> so that we really care about. We our, don't care about your feedback. Yeah, so that way, know. SP Nation's happy. We're happy. And uh, I heard that if you click five stars, there's a higher likelihood that the takeover will be out sooner. Is that, did you hear that too? I actually heard something different. I heard if you follow me on Twitter at Elijah underscore Newsome, <laughs> the takeover is actually guaranteed to happen this oh, week. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yeah. If you're doing this and you aren't following me, I mean, you, it would be, you'd be doing Newcastle United a disservice Ooh. by not following me. So um, go ahead and do that as well as leave a five-star review. Yeah. And I, was hoping that you were going to jump on this opportunity because I haven't done it yet. You can follow me 
at NUFC underscore Greg. No, see, I knew you hadn't, <laughs> but I I wanted it. See, it's only it's only it's super effective, as they say in Pokemon. When I say as, it after <laughs> after, after as, you've already as said we it. all know, they say in Pokemon. Yes. Um, follow the podcast at chn underscore radio. Follow the main account. Great articles been going up there. Oh my gosh, some bangers. Yeah. Um, follow them at yeah. Coming Home NUFC and go on the website comminghomenewcastle.sbnation.com is yeah. your source for all the fan reaction and news or surrounding Newcastle United. Yeah, so, shout out Graham. He wrote an article about his cancer. Yeah, that he had and beat. So he kicked Cantor's ass. Read about that. Yeah, one hundred p. Um. So, couple, just one more update. Uh, nothing's changed about our plans post takeover. If the takeover gets announced or when, we're still gonna have a big party. We're still gonna have that Zoom call. It's pinned on our Twitter. And um. So shout out to everyone who wants to be in joined with that Cans. Um, and now let's get into it we're going to first start with project restart and yes. because it looks like the premier league finally figured that one out and it looks like it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah so, and by the way i would say every league seems to have figured it out i think the portuguese league is coming back except mid-June. for netherlands and what was the yeah. other one uh scottish premier league is not coming oh, back yeah, yeah. Eric Davisi's not coming back. I I don't know. I think La Liga like they've basically like hinted at coming back in mid June, but yes, Premier League is back. Bundesliga already was back. Dortmund yeah. won. They destroyed Schalke. Like, yeah, my, absolutely my, destroyed them. My team. Yeah, your team. <laughs> they they your team. Yeah. Uh, Schalke decided they went with the bold strategy of not starting their best players. Um, they their 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 keeper that's about to go to Bayern Munich. Um, and take over for Manuel Neuer. They just said, "Oh, let's not start Alexander Nubel. He's, you know, he's not. He's, he, you know, he's just one of the best young keepers in Germany." And they paid the price for that. Uh, that four that, goals is, is a lot. That it is, but it is in their name. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so project restart update. Uh, we started small group training on Monday. Hooray! Um, and the Premier League conducted tests throughout every member of every team in the Premier League. Um, I'll get into that, but first update is uh, it was suggested that the league would start back up on June 12th. Now it looks like that is more likely to be the 19th. However, there's still no concrete set date on that, but that's just what I guess people have been saying. Um it will become clear like what the full format's going to be, what the relegation promotion idea is going to be, what the European places are going to be, all that still to really be concluded. But let's get to the most recent update is 748 COVID-19 tests were carried out in the last few days between the Premier League players and staff. There's a total of six positive outcomes in the test. Um, and those six positive tests came with three clubs. Uh, it, it remains to be seen. I haven't seen whether or not Newcastle United is one of those three clubs. Have you seen? I've heard that they've been they've been keeping them under wraps. Yeah, for this very reason. Um, I haven't. I don't think I know any of the clubs. I do know that two of the. I do know two of the clubs. Oh. One is Watford, and the other is Burnley. Um. Burnley confirmed via social media that their coach, 
uh, one of their coaches, Ian Wohan, tested positive on the on those tests. So that's and then um, with all the news with Watford, uh, they confirmed two staff members and one player tested positive. So that's two of the three clubs right there. Um, I just we just don't know who the third one is. So I, I we'll stop there first and get your thoughts on Project Restart so far. Should it happen? What's your opinion on it? Uh, just we'll go from there. And then I'm going to rant a little. Okay. Um, I, I mean, my opinion is, I don't know if I've, I feel like, I don't know if I've talked about this, but I've kind of held this belief that like, I don't really know what everything will look like in three months. Um, I, I mean, right. Like if you look at where we are now versus three months ago, like we've made some tremendous leaps and, uh, and there's been some, major setbacks and there's been some mistakes but there's been some positivity um surrounding this virus in terms of like our ability to test it um at a at a larger scale contain it and a better understanding of like how to treat it etc etc so there's been some some good things and there's definitely a better capacity to you know treat this this disease um so that being said in three months we could be, you know, even better. We could be even worse. Um, I don't know. And I guess this is all built on the hope that in three months we are able, like when this is all started, that we one either have, um, we're in a decent stage in terms of getting a vaccine done. And there's only been one vaccine that's even passed, you know, stage one of vaccine stuff, which is the whole thing. Um, or that we're at a, a better way. We, we have a more efficient way to treat it, or we have um, a, a ton more testing all this is just all hopeful. It's all built on hope. And I mean, I, I can't fault people for, for trying to return to normal. Um, especially having friends who work in the sport industry. Do I think it's wise? Do I not think it's wise? Honestly, in America, I can't tell like our, we don't really have centralized leadership regarding this virus. So I, I really can't tell you how things are in the UK, how able, how well they're able to contain things in the UK, how well they're able to test things in the UK, what their national response is in the UK, because in America, we don't really seem to have a national response. So it's kind of a, a, a free for all. And, you know, you've got states like mine in Georgia where everything is open and back to normal and they're having to lie and skew data in order to make it look like that was a good decision. And then you've got states like Nevada, which are still pretty much on a lockdown and people are still chilling and bullying at home. So, you know, I have no idea what the status of anything is so far. So, I mean, I guess do whatever you want, suffer the consequences. It's all based on greed anyway. Blah, 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 blah. That's, that's my, my thoughts. Uh, the title of this episode, blibbity, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We'll write that <laughs> down. Um, so the, I, I posted on Twitter today and said like, I, I just, what should I rant about today on this on this podcast? And I got a submission from Batman's Milkman on what should I rant about. So uh, we're going to do a little rant about the, well, I guess, the need for sports to come back into society versus, like, in relation to the safety of said athletes. Um, and I, I do have some thoughts about this because we need sports. I do. Do you, Elijah? Yeah, you um, listeners, I see you nodding your heads right now. We need. Space. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Don't well, any, you, you yeah. weren't looking over there. Um, it, we all need sports, and it could be, a, a, like, it doesn't matter what the situation is. If sports get taken away, it certainly uh, depresses us. 
it puts me in a state of a dark spiraling depression in which I cannot get out of unless sports oh get, <laughs> get reborn into my life. Uh, that being said, uh, no one should be forced to train and play and uh, go out into like the unknown of your safety and your family's safety for my spiraling depression <laughs> like, yeah. under no circumstance would I expect anyone to do that? Um, like the, the whole thing this comes down to is money and watching Bundesliga was incredible for me. Like I loved it. Just seeing that on TV. I'm not even joking. I watched like 15 laps of NASCAR. Like, whoa, like I'm like, deprived of this. I need sports, but yeah, like I shouldn't, I'm not going to expect that it happens. And to any premier league players or any players in any of the top leagues, if you don't want to play, that should be completely fine. And it won't be viewed that way. Mm-hmm. People, people will attack that, those players. They will come oh, after them. Those players will get fined. It's already happened. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and it's going to be a big deal. But it shouldn't be that way. And it, it just is. It just is going to be that way. Money overrules everything. That's like the biggest part of this rant. Um, I have another part to this. I'm just going to end it there because like pretty standard. I think everyone understands where I lie with that. Um, the next thing is that I want to rant about is the people that – complain about football without no fans shut up get, get out of here bro. <laughs> like all right if football sucks that much without fans don't watch the damn sport like what yeah like what do you it's do just watch country. the stands all the time like like what like they're playing a great game right now what are you talking about yeah the atmosphere sucks but the game's still good stop being a baby <laughs> jesus christ like what it's the so hell is funny. wrong with these people <laughs> oh no fans are in the stands shut up jesus <laughs> That's my other. <laughs> um, I have I have a couple of things to say. That the first thing about the no fans is like watching the no fans literally reminded me of watching like my cousin's uh, soccer game. Like if my cousin's team was actually good, like if they were like <laughs> world class athletes, because yeah. it does give me that like very much like if you're going to watch youth soccer, like there's no fans. It's it was just, like a like, pickup fans. game almost. Like that's yeah. what it sounded and, like. And if you can't enjoy soccer at in its purest form, which essentially is pickup, then maybe soccer isn't the sport for you. <laughs> yeah. or, I'm sorry, football. Maybe that's not the sport for you. Maybe you should, you know, I don't know, watch WWE, which, I mean, you'd be pissed then too because they've been doing, like, weeks without fans, and nobody seems to have been complaining about that. So yeah. um, I think that's just an initial thing. I think people are going to – because it is the new normal. I, yeah. I think – Every sport that we've talked we've talked about, I mean, outside of maybe football, and even football is kind of exploring this, you know, this far in advance. Um, every sport's pretty much decided they're coming back with no fans. Like, it is pretty much a done deal. I yeah. mean, I think it's, it's kind of up in the air what the NBA is going to do because I think in the back of their head, they want playoff atmosphere and they want to be able to sell tickets in the playoffs. But everyone else is pretty much like, hey, we're going to return with no fans. So if you don't like it, I'm sorry, get used to it because the next four or five months of sports is going to be no fans. Yeah, you um, like literally might not like this sport if, yeah. like, if that bothers you that much. I don't understand why people were freaking out over that. Yeah, I mean, if I've played a lot of pickup basketball games with no fans, and it's still been a lot of fun. So. <laughs> um, but, okay, and, and the other thing, I, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talk about players having the choice and – I don't understand. I, I, there, there's, there's a couple things. So, I mean, I guess we can kind of talk about this now. Uh, Troy Deeney's the perfect example, in my opinion. He he said today, he told the manager, and, I mean, this is a guy who's a club legend at Watford, captain of Watford. He said he's not going to training. 
Um, and this was before we even knew about the COVID-19 test positive at Wofford. But he said he's not going to training because it's too much of a risk for, for him being a person of color um, and having a five-month-year-old son with breathing complications. And the person of color thing, that is like – and it that's more of the that's a nuance more of a sense it's not a nuance it's more it's it's more to do with socioeconomic status rather than race as a whole it's really like having access to healthcare over anything and Troy Deeney has access to healthcare he's a millionaire but the other point about his child being 5 months with breathing complications if you look at the Mayo Clinic um they they did some they they have a guide to coronavirus in youth and for the most part if you're a kid and you get coronavirus you're going to recover the group that is most likely to immediately enter critical condition if they catch coronavirus are infants, literally people who are under six months old, and they will probably die if they have any sort of breathing complications and contract COVID. And people were like mad. And there was a lot of people, I would say about 70% of the people were like, hey, this is, this is good. Like, I mean, I'm, shout out to Troy for doing what he needs to do. But there were some people who were like, well, if people are risking their lives you know, working at the butcher shop, then you should be working, you know, you should be playing football. And I'm like, dude, I think people have to understand when you look at, you know, the decision as to whether or not you should play a sport, you know, with COVID-19. Sports are entertainment. It is not a necessity. If sports ended now, the world would still function. Like, people would not die. If we closed grocery stores, people would die. If we closed butcher shops, People would die. You get the point. There are things that are more essential in general than football. So to compare like, hey, you know, I'm going to work and I'm out here working at a pharmacy and Troy Deeney is deciding he doesn't want to go play football. You can't compare the two because what you're doing is way more important than Troy Deeney. There's there's few jobs that are less important than playing a professional sport. Yeah. That's just the reality of, of, of life. And we've, we've turned sports – and we've turned, we've made sports individuals, athletes into celebrities, and we've forgotten that the fact that they are playing literally something, they are playing a game. It is a game that we play for fun, that we do for fun, and they are just, that's their job to do it. And you have to remember, it's not important. So I, if people are freaking out that players don't want to endanger themselves, I mean, I'm sorry, like that's a just an odd hill to die on i mean sports but are people, not that important people will say that and yeah oh they are they are <laughs> and uh you know in my opinion i think we should do project restart and all the other players not in newcastle should refuse to play and we yeah. went out the rest of the season uh, that's, i think that's, that's a good idea yeah i think that's probably the that's probably the safest bet is because yeah. that way everyone's social distancing and we get three points every match Honestly, I think it would be hilarious if, if the only two people that, like, in all the – this obviously is not happening because, like, as we've already – Jack already Colback know, and Akraf yeah, Lazar. <laughs> no, I was going to say Jack Colback and Henri Saive. But if we get Akraf Lazar in there as well, I mean, that would be great. Just have them just kick the ball around on the pitch, play a little <laughs> one touch. <laughs> Dang. That could be uh, that could be a, an incredible viewing experience. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about Newcastle? Like uh, in in regard, well, yes. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I'm just saying, like in regards to them returning to training, Steve oh, Bruce yes, was interviewed, okay. and like there's a whole that, he was, was on like, like BBC, and it was great. Good I had job, to make sure that like we're, we were on the same page there. I was like, uh, I think, I think, I do want to hey, talk about Newcastle. I, is can this I say question? something real quick about Steve Bruce? 
he is really hard to dislike. Yeah. Like he just is a very likable. It's it's really it's like it's really interesting because it's like you know that he's just not that great of a coach, but it's really hard to hate him. Like yeah. he's 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 really just a, a a nice guy, and I, I really hope that there's like a future for him somewhere. I mean, like if we could like make him like you know the the fan coach or something where he just like talks about tactics to fans, just get him still involved. Like, I don't want him actually coaching anything, but if he was still around Newcastle, around the vicinity, and we could still, you know, talk to him and maybe, you know, he'll talk about sausage rolls or something. I don't know. How's the bacon, did you say? Um, <laughs> so some quotes from Steve Bruce. Uh, it's been a real difficult time, but I hope with the with the news that phase one is about to start, and I must stress that phase one looks as if it's as safe as can be. I'm sure everyone will be delighted that we're trying to make that effort. In phase one, we're allowed to train four to five people on one pitch. So basically, a player has a quarter of a pitch to work within. So social distancing is not a problem. We'll train with eight to ten at a time on two separate pitches. Um, Everything is in place with the safety aspect. I've got no issues, and I can tell the supporters, the players, and the staff are as safe as we possibly can be. With We all understand that this virus isn't going to go away just like that. It's going to hang around a bit. But I think with the protocols in place, we'll do everything we possibly can to get up and running again. He also told the Telegraph uh, that we will be tested on Sunday, every player and every member of staff. Once we get the results back, if everybody is okay, we are penciled in to start training again at 2 p.m. on Tuesday afternoon, which happened. Um, If a player becomes affected, Steve Bruce says, he will be quarantined and will need to have two clear tests before they can come back to train. Danny Rose expressed his concerns, but I've spoken to him and he is coming back as well. I don't think there's a footballer out there who has done more for the NHS throughout this than Danny. We've listened to what has been said and with the precautions taken, we will get back to work and start phase one. Can we get to that stage where we can have all the players at the pitch on the pitch together? We don't know yet. Mm. Um, He said a lot more Um, that interview is on the telegraph from Saturday. Uh, So check that out. If you want to read more into what they're doing yeah shout out to steve bruce shout out to danny rose honestly we do need to shout out danny rose because i think we talked about it a little bit but he's done a ton for the yeah. nhs and i mean talk about a player who just especially like i don't know he's kind of forgotten at tottenham and then came to newcastle was put in the awkward situation and still just remained positive about everything that's going on and has just done the best he can um him and it sounds like him and maddie longstaff are the only two newcastle players that have uh <laughs> not which is probably not true but i mean it just shout out to them both um maybe maddie longstaff will get a new contract maybe he won't let's talk about what could propel him to get a new contract and that's a takeover so oh. we're gonna we're gonna take a break first and then we're gonna give you our takeover of Updates and to stay tuned because Elijah has a very important prediction to make. We'll yes. do that right after this. Mm. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews, and the best Newcastle videos and podcasts, download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. All right, Newcastle United takeover. I don't know if anyone's heard oh, this yet. Greg, Greg, Greg. That was a that that last break was a breakover. <laughs> uh, I don't know if anyone's heard this yet, but um, 
Amanda Savely, PCP, the Rubin brothers, and the PIF are in talks to buy Newcastle United. I don't huh. just wanted to break that news here. Wanted to be the first one of the first people to report that news. Yeah, glad we're uh, on on top of that. <laughs> that uh, like it, it could happen any day now, guys. Uh, like I know this is a shock. I know it hasn't been in the news or anything, but um, we're hearing from multiple sources, um, and we've been we've been sitting on this for like a month. Maybe even yeah, more. At least, um, honestly, I think we first broke the news in January. Actually, yeah, yeah. If I remember correctly, it was us who brought yeah. that to the table. So we're we're really in excited. conjunction with the Washington Post. <laughs> we <actually>. really, <laughs> yeah, we really <laughs> wanted to wait till episode one thirty to break the news. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see how things play out. We'll give you more updates as we go along. Um, the real update is there have not really been any updates. Uh, it's the same old. It's paperwork was delayed that was last week and now we're at the this i think the third time in this takeover cycle where it could happen at any day now um yeah. so that's that's the 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 feelings that we're getting now is last week there was a ton of concerns and this week it seems like all those concerns have been addressed yeah so i will <laughs> ask which you, is where we were the week before last week yeah this so. is this is round three of that um so my question to you elijah is Using your crystal ball, which you're like, you're pretty much always right. Um, That's true. And and to be fair, this season, um, I was like pretty much Nostradamus on a, at a lot of Newcastle games. You can go back, look at the tapes. I know there's some people. I know Batman's Milkman is one of those people who knows. I was <laughs> predicting things randomly and they would occur. I'd say like, oh, Newcastle are going to score in the 88th minute. And we're going to tie this bad boy up, and it happened. I predicted the Chelsea win. I was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, we're going to score in stoppage time." Boom, that happened. So you um, predicted I will Miguel Amaran's first goal and his second. I I, I did. <laughs> yeah, I predict. I also predicted um, Alan Saint Maximin's first goal. Mm. Wow. I actually don't think I did. Actually, no, <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't remember from that one podcast? Oh yeah, yeah. I also uh, predicted Matt Ritchie would miss a penalty, uh, which geez. I actually did say this at the beginning of the season that like with VAR, it's going to be our luck. We're going to get a penalty and we're going to miss it. And that's actually what happened. Uh, so shout out to us. So VAR. tell us then, stop making us wait. When's this okay. takeover going to go through? Well, um, I've got some sources um, called my brain and my gut um, wow. and my uh, the fact that I just restocked on some cans, a little Monday night guy, a little blood pirate. Wait, wait, no, blind pirate, <laughs> which is the blood orange IPA. So you can see where I got them confused. But I restocked on cans today because I know for a fact that the takeover will be announced Wednesday or Thursday before 5 p.m. Book it. Go ahead and place a fiver. I don't know if you can bet it on this. Yeah, I'm if sure you, you could. Can. I'm, yeah. I'm, Somebody I'm will definitely take your bet. Yeah, take it. <laughs> Put a fiver. Announce Wednesday or Thursday before 5 p.m. Guarantee it. Okay. So you just go in and say, before Thursday at 5 p.m. it will happen. That's, yes. that's your bet. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm not a gambling expert. Like well, there you have in it. In Las Vegas. So when, you, uh, when you're listening to this on Wednesday, just make sure to check your watch um, because – it's about to happen right now. Like yeah. you're listening to this and you're like, whoa, we're pretty close to that time. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I might have to wake up every, every, because it's weird being in America where essentially like this has happened multiple times already. Like any big, like either 
I'm going to miss the announcement completely because it happens at like 9 a.m., which is just like I'm not going to be awake at 4 a.m. in the East Coast. Or it's going to happen like shortly after I wake up because I'll wake up at like 8 or 9, and then like I've basically got a three-hour window before it's 5 p.m. So I've really backed myself into a corner content-wise here because i got to get these stories out ASAP, Rocky. Um. So that that's really all I have. Is there any other updates that you want to add? I, I, there just wasn't much news to. Uh, shout out to Steve Wraith who who took a break from social media, even though I don't, I don't think anyone cared, but he felt the the need to publicly announce he was taking a break from social media. He definitely has. Toxic- he definitely has loyal like Twitter followers though. But he also brought this upon himself. He was tweeting out like yeah. Saudi-based graphics of Newcastle before every night, and I it's know. like, dude, you're asking for people to at you all every single day. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So uh, shout out to him. Um, yeah, I mean that that's pretty much it. Uh, it's it's been it's been a time, uh, which has been nice that our Twitter account's been pretty much pumping out content, not related to the takeover. Imagine if you were just like if if this was like a Burnley podcast and there's just nothing to talk about for months. That wouldn't happen at Newcastle. Like even che- like what is Chelsea talking about right now? Nothing. Well, um, they're they're talking about best positions for Hakeem Zayas to play. Yeah. That's like literally it. That's, Damn, I it's wish that in like. Oh, I mean, are they going to sell Jorginho or not? Let's I wish we were talking about that, but for Newcastle, but we're not. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's take one more break and we'll go to questions and trivia. Sound good? Oh, sure. Let's do it. For Newcastle fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants and hotels home and away. Download the free Toon Army app now from the App Store and Google Play. Okay, Elijah. It's trivia time. Round mm. round more than one. Um, like round four, I think. <laughs> so I'll just I'm just gonna pepper Elijah with some NUFC trivia. Okay. Um we'll go we'll start hard. We'll start okay. we'll start pretty hard. But okay. um which player? He played over 100 matches for Newcastle United between 2008 and 2012 and now okay. plays for League One Walsall. You just said the, – the, the way you asked that question was just grammatically incorrect. You just said, which player who played for the for – Oh, so New- he, <laughs> which former Newcastle player currently plays for Walsall? <laughs> oh. uh, he played for Newcastle between 2008 and 2012. Had over 100 appearances, uh, but he's now playing in League One for Wausau. Oh Midfielder. God. Midfielder. Yeah. Uh, when you said start hard, I didn't expect you to actually start hard. So uh, this is uh, – this is... I mean, yeah, you're not really following League One <laughs> players. So I wouldn't expect you to get it, but it's really yeah, I, I But, you know, like <sighs> – Part of it, part of me, I feel like I should know this because there was a moment, I think it was last season, where there was like a former Newcastle player who scored against Sunderland to pretty much put them in, like to keep them out of like the automatic promotion so they'd have to go into the playoffs. I'm pretty sure it's this player because like I remember Newcastle fans being like super excited about it. Or just in general, this guy scored against Sunderland last season. Are you thinking um, of Joey Barton? No. Oh, because 
because I know that's a lot of what takes up the the price because he beat Sunderland with Fleetwood Town. So <laughs> that's true. That that was hilarious. No, it was a player who scored against Sunderland. Um, I don't know. Uh, I'm just gonna shot in the dark, Stephen Taylor. No, that's that's great though. Um, but I don't I don't know. Actually, I don't know if he's playing anymore. I would say I don't know if he's playing. Yeah, it's um, it it's, would be an older player, right? Though, like someone yeah. in their late thirties, probably. No, I'm I'm I bet that they're probably like exactly the same age or like a year or two apart. But it, it's yeah. um, the answer is Danny Guthrie. Danny Guthrie. Wow. Um. Yep. Who is the only Newcastle player this season to score twice in the same game? Florian Lejeune. <laughs> yes. Who did he do there it against? Go. Uh, Everton. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, it was actually <laughs> – if, if you're asking where Charleston, it was Alan St. Maximin. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, in the Tyneware Derby, Derby, mm-hmm. um, 2012, uh, Newcastle played down a man for over an hour in that match and still okay. managed to get a draw. Okay. It was a 1-1 draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, which player? Colatini. No. Okay. Um, I don't even know what the question was. Which, I just, which player said, scored? First. Oh, okay. I thought it was which player was sent off. That was my first guess. <laughs> first oh, I, I should check in that. Um, let me see. <laughs> yeah, because that, that was just my guess for who got sent off. Um, which player scored? We're talking 2012 Newcastle. Yeah. <sighs> Midfielder my next hint okay um not that that's really going to help me because i'm i'm i don't know if i I don't know excuse me um well that eliminates you know forwards and defenders so you're right that that is that's a bit of a help (laughs) um hmm huh hmm my gut is telling me that it is someone. Huh? Is it? Mm, no, can't be. Wouldn't be. I'm gonna say. Huh? That's not a good guess either. It was in the third minute. Okay, uh, that that is not helpful either. <laughs> He's French. Um, wait, who, wait, time out. Who was the keeper for Newcastle? No, for Sunderland. Uh, I don't remember. All right, well, it's all right. That that's easy. It's Remy Cabella. No. <laughs> all right, it's Johan Gufrin. Oh, the other Johan. <laughs> it's Johan Kabai. Yes, I, I I was about to say you're right, and then I heard you say Gufrin. Um, the player sent off. R.I.P. Check Tiote. <laughs> Not surprising at all, to yeah. be honest. Um, and actually, when was he sent off? Like in the, I, I bet it was like earlyish. We like. We, we scored in the third minute, and actually, we scored the goal for Sunderland too. It was Demba's own goal, <laughs> so oh. and we played a man down for over an hour. Oh, so it was like at least. Yeah, I would say it had to be yeah. like the twentieth minute or yeah. something, probably. Um, so that was good. Um, okay, you may know this one. This is mm-hmm. Stephen Ireland arrived from which Premier League side for a pretty bad loan spell at St James's Park in 2011. Why would I know that? Because he's well, he had a pretty like he. I don't know. He's just associated with this club. Yeah, but I mean, like, 
I don't I don't know. I mean, I also started following the club in 2011, so I really yeah. wasn't too arsed with like you like that noble British slang. Too arsed, yeah. Uh, with uh, <laughs> with knowing that much about outside of you know the the starting eleven. Um, so I'm going to say that he was loaned in. I'm guessing it has to be a. It's a current Premier League side. Yep. Bottom it's, half. It's got, huh? Bottom half. Bottom half. Uh, oof. West Ham. No. Everton. No, it is Aston Villa. Those are my two guesses: are West Ham and Everton. I don't know why I was thinking Everton and West Ham, but <laughs> I got one of the color schemes right. Yeah, so shout out to me for that. Uh, so my last one: DeAndre Yedlin, our mm-hmm. lovely American. Um, he began his professional playing career playing for his hometown club. Mm. What U.S. city was DeAndre Yedlin born in? It's not Atlanta. <laughs> no. Nope. It's about as close to Atlanta, Atlanta as Newcastle is to Barcelona. <laughs> I was going to say, that was, I didn't know where you are going there. It's Seattle. It's um, Seattle. <laughs> yes. But most people don't know where, New, where DeAndre Edlin went to college. The uh, Akron, Ohio, baby. <laughs> yeah, I had to say, one, one of the hidden gems of American soccer. It's... I just I'm just not over that that whole good old John Hackworth in that program. Then I I know his son Morgan. He was at Syracuse and then transferred to Akron. Yeah, great right back. I hope he's doing well. Um, <laughs> shout out, but yeah, shout out to him. I mean, great, but like not that great because not MLS. But shout out to Akron because for a hot minute, like every like top five MLS <laughs> super draft pick was coming out of Akron. So. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's do questions now. Okay. Um, we got some questions and the first one Mm. is, are you bored of the Newcastle United takeover? Note bored being spelled wrong here is, yeah, let's just, you know, it's quarantine, like mistakes happen. (laughs) Mistakes happen. We'll ignore the bored being spelled wrong. Um, I I thought at first, when I first read it, I thought it said, are you on the board of the NUFC takeover? And I was like, (laughs) uh, no, (laughs) it's like, this must be a Saudi listener who is new to the podcast. (laughs) Um, to answer that question, honestly, no, because I've done a very good job this past especially the past few days of just not going on Newcastle Twitter. Like the, the literally the one time I I've gone on Newcastle Twitter, I go about once a day to retweet everything Andy and Graham say about their articles that they've posted that, that have been posted that day. Just retweet that stuff and retweet comments related to that. I don't really scroll through it um, or anything like that. So I don't really see like today, I, I guess was a big day for a lot of people just talking out of their ass about Newcastle. A lot of people making claims um, not with my, you know, foresight. They were making claims that the club would be – everything's done, it's going to be announced tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Um, people are even saying that they've got inside sources that a club statement's going to be posted tomorrow. And I'm just like, dude, I don't care. I just stick with normal Twitter, um, black Twitter, uh, NBA Twitter, and I've kind of just – like it's just mentally draining to, to stay on the takeover beat 24-7. So I'm just not on it. Sorry to disappoint people. I'm not really bored of takeover talk because I just haven't paid attention the past few days. Uh, no, I'm I'm definitely not bored of it. It, it is it's annoying. I'll, I'll say I get annoyed by it, but um, 
the reason I'm not bored of it is because like we have something to talk about now. <laughs> that's so, true. Um, yeah. So that's my thoughts. Uh, just thanks for always having something to talk about Newcastle. The next question is a screenshot and it's from West okay. Ham talk. Uh, Ken Walker at Shearer's boots sent this in. Um, Mike Ashley is keen on buying David Gold's 45% stake in West Ham. <laughs> this would make Sullivan and Ashley the main decision maker. Ashley is ready to return to a club already and is looking to invest more money from the Newcastle sale. Um, <laughs> what's the question? Like, That's, what's the, is the, the question is just the screenshot? No, I, I think the question was just like, can you guys... Like, what are your thoughts? Can you talk about this, please? Yeah, I'd love to talk about it. Yeah, go ahead, Mike Ashley. Do whatever the hell you want with this money. You know what? I encourage it. I encourage it. I would love for Mike Ashley to get involved in football again and torment a club, not only a club that, like, I don't know, I feel like have been fairly rude to Newcastle fans in the past couple seasons. Not to the level of, like, Aston Villa, but a club that's in London that will get a ton of media attention, and people will then see how terrible of a person Mike Ashley is. <laughs> like, all those pundits in London who are like, oh, Mike Ashley's great, you should be thankful. If this happens and West Ham is screwed because Mike Ashley is refusing to, like, help pay for transfers, I'm sorry. We had to go through it. It's a rite of passage. Sorry, West Ham fans. Like, if this is true, like, just know this is going to be a rough 13-ish years. <laughs> and get ready to buy a bunch of Sports Direct stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think somebody should tell Mike Ashley that this club's fan base uh, stormed the owner's boxes. <laughs> after yeah, that's the other time. thing. Is that's so bold, maybe, bold for him to go after West. Maybe you, you want to stay away from, from that right now. Um, the next question is... Uh, it's from Mark Rutledge at MG Rutledge. Um, who would be your first signing if the takeover goes ahead? And if not, how much do you think it will affect the club going forward? So two part, we'll start with who would be the first signing. Uh, we'll just do with who we think, because we don't really know what the owners are planning to do yet. Um, mm. So we'll just go with who you think will be, or who would, who would you okay. like to be the first signing? I better say, let's do, let's do who you think and then who you want. Okay. So who like I realistic would be the first signing would be Matty Longstaff. Okay, that's a cop out answer, but sure. Um, no, who, who I think will be um, Olivier Giroud. Really, and that's an interesting answer. Who I or Barkley? Um, who I want? Really, Ross Barkley? Yeah, let's go. That's, I I I don't really know who who I think. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You really don't know. Uh, well, okay. okay, I'll I'll stay on brand then. Gareth Bale. Okay. Okay, I would say I'm surprised you didn't say Gareth Bale. Um, I feel like news came out that he didn't want to go to Newcastle, but you also don't really trust any. Don't trust anything. Yeah. If the paycheck's right, he'll he'll come here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's all that matters. Um, I'll I'll stay on brand too, and and say that because we've been linked to this individual so much, and they're 28, and they're going to be an expensive center back. Cool, cool. How do you say his name? Cool, 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 Kulabai, I think. Are you talking about the Rens? No, player? he plays for uh, he plays for Napoli. Oh, 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 Kulabai, oh. Kulabai, yeah, Kulibali. yeah, Kulabali. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kulabali. I can only say his name when it's in front of me. So since it's yeah, not in front I think of me right it's Kulabali. 
Um, but I honestly, this whole time, I did not realize this guy was 28 years old. This whole time, I thought he was like 23. Yeah, he's 28. Um, it'd be pretty on brand. To, it, it's. I think it's out of the marquee signings we've been linked to. It's the one I feel is actually the most realistic. I mean, you look at Vidal, you look at Griezmann. Um, you know, they can sign with any team, and like you look, do it, pull an Axel Witzel and sign with Dortmund. They can sign with any sort of Champions League team they want to, especially if you look at a guy like Vidal to the end of his career, yeah. um, who has already you know experienced Champions League football and is content with you know going to a team where he can slot in as a role player and just provide experience and guidance to a team that's looking to be competitive in the Champions League. I'm sure he's fine with that. Yeah. Koulibaly is definitely something to prove and has a good enough um, – how do you say it? It's like good enough shelf life, I guess, so that he could potentially see – if the owner's plans go to perfection, he could potentially see um, himself as a Premier League side in Champions League. He's also already got Champions League football experience, and he's absolutely balling this year. And the natural next step for him is to go to Premier League. And it's one of those things where it's like what Premier League teams that have money are going to be looking for center backs. And even though Newcastle may not be, it it seems like from our perspective, Newcastle may not be looking for center backs. Who knows what the owners are going to want to do. And if this is the best big splash kind of, hey, we're here, arrival kind of signing you can make, then I can see the owners making that. Now, as to who do I want, that's a whole different question altogether and there's been some interesting new links uh one being a being an american i thought this was interesting did you see this greg linked uh for chucky lozano also from napoli uh which would be an interesting signing the price tag's a bit too high but you're talking about a guy who's 23 that can play similar to alan st maxman left wing right wing striker as well that'd be an interesting signing but i think what would be just a bold signing that could fit a potential Pochettino uh, type style, Luka Jovic. Mm. Rough time at Real Madrid this season. Um, needs to reinvent himself. Um, I think under the, the the guidance the the guidance of a good manager and significantly less pressure, we could see the best of Luka Jovic. If you look at where he was in the past, there was not a lot of pressure. He had a good manager here at Real Madrid. He was essentially bought, and there's been a ton of pressure put on him and on that team in general. Um, I mean, just given the circumstances that they're in, I think a, a move for him um, and going to a different club where, you know, there's not as much expectation, but you're still playing quality football and you've got a manager you can, who really wants to invest in you and build around you. I think that'd be a good move. I think it'd be cool. And like, there's not a doubt in my mind, Luke Jovic can score goals. Yeah. He's an out and out striker. Like, like I've seen it in person. Well, not in person, but I've seen it on the TV screens. The guy can score goals. Uh, my once, I'll just mention a few players. Uh, Daniel, my boy, Daniel Malin from PSV. He has yeah. striker, um, eleven Ooh. matches, eleven goals and fourteen matches in the Eredivisie. Three goals and four Europa League matches. Uh, or actually, no, sorry, uh, six goals in eight Europa League matches. One goal in two Champions League matches. Um, he scores when he wants. Uh, he's nasty. He can also play the wing, um, something that some other, you know, center forwards can't. Um, and then the number one who I really want. So I, I if you've listened to this for a while, you've heard me mm-hmm. mention Hakeem Zayech as my, my dude. Um, I'm switching and the, the player I want is from the, coming from the same team. Um, 
Donny Van Der Vanderbeek. Yeah. Oh, sure. that dude is a mod. If, sure. if Newcastle somehow and Donny Vanderbeek, I will. He's I don't know. I will, or something. Yeah. I will get a tattoo of something on my butt <laughs> if that happens. I want. Um, here's. I want him for for this all from the same team. Him, Vanderbeek, Nicholas Tagliafico, <laughs> who we could have had for way cheaper, and Sergio yeah. Dest for sure. If you look at Let's our go. back line as is, if we're going to play, say Pochettino is the manager, which you can't say, you can't not say, whatever. I would like to see a modern fullback as well. Um, I, I love Jetra Williams on, as a left back. I think that, I mean, this, like Newcastle is the perfect team for him, perfect city for him. I honestly would be surprised if he's not brought back. Um, but I would like to see Yusuf Atal at Newcastle. Mm. He's right back. Absolute monster. And we're talking about attack-minded right-backs. This is is like – this is essentially the French version of Trent Alexander-Arnold. The guy essentially was a winger that has been taught to play fullback, can play on the left wing, right wing, as well as a fullback. And so if you look at a formation that utilizes wingbacks, he is perfect for that kind of system. Like he literally is the perfect wingback. I'm honestly – there, there is some concerns. Work rate and training—that's a big one. I was like, there, there's a reason why he's not, you know, been signed by a ton of clubs. But we look at the talent and the on-field product. This guy is unstoppable. He yeah. last year, last season, I believe he like was one of the the leaders in in league uh, for crosses completed, all that kind of stuff. So um, Yusuf Atal would be just like a good right back signing, especially as a position where you look at Newcastle's right back position and it's like it's not good. It's not bad. It could definitely be better. And if you're looking, if you have the funds to improve it, like why not improve it? Um, I think we've seen the best of DeAndre Yedlin, unfortunately. We've seen the best of Javi Mankio. Um, you know, both of those guys I don't think are, are, you know, top six starting fullback quality. I mean, and maybe they could be. I mean, I wouldn't be, you know, DeAndre Yedlin could have some sort of resurgence of their, under a new manager and, We've seen improvements when he when Rafa took him under his wing, but again, you could do so much better. Um, and and especially given the amount of funds that that could be available, so why not get use of Fatal or something like that? And what's the second part of that question? Oh yeah, I completely forgot about that. Um, yeah, uh, how much would it hurt the club if the takeover didn't happen? Um, my my thought is it won't hurt the club any more than like nothing will change. For the worse, Mike Ashley. If anything, this has put so much speculation or so much media attention on Newcastle United that I do think that if for some reason I don't think this the takeover will fall through, but for some reason, say say that we're living in a world where it does, um, new buyers will be a plenty. Um, yeah. If they know that the largest investment group in the world was about to invest in this and the second richest man in England and the person who brokered the Man City deal all were about to do this to Newcastle, then everybody everybody else is going to want a piece of that pie and something else will work out. So I think eventually, I think it we're in an, in an inevitable place where it's going to get done pretty soon. Um, yeah. So that's my thought. Yeah, I mean, and everyone's preaching pa- preaching patience, and I think people do have to realize that transactions like these, as much as we want them to happen quickly, they just don't happen quickly. Well, um, it's, just, it's going to happen Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, I mean, that's true. But then again, we're about, what, five or six weeks into knowing that this was 
confirmed and done and submitted, blah, yeah. blah, you know, ex- exclusivity, blah, 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 who cares? Who knows what that means? Who cares? Um, but I do think another point to bring up is that, like, people are, I think another, because there's nothing to talk about, people have really been focusing on the potential that Newcastle has, like, as a club and with the fan base and been really focusing on those couple things um, if this were to happen. And it kind of just, again, creates more positive momentum where everyone's talking about that, like, you know, with the new takeover, Newcastle could return to being, like, you know, the entertainers type era, a team that's consistently in, in Europe. And that's that's a really good deal for everyone involved. And so if, if it doesn't happen with the Saudi PAF, people are going to come calling, you know, trying to buy Newcastle because you've already got the established fan base, which is something that, you know, Man City didn't have. You already have, you already have the ability to sell out every match. Something, again, you know, teams like Man City didn't have. You already are going to have, you know, you're already the only relevant team in the Northeast. You know, again, something that team like Man City didn't have. So pretty much the, the, the cards are stacked in your favor if you take over Newcastle and you just start investing in general. Um, so, I don't know, man. I, I think that things will be fine. And, and if and if this doesn't happen and we have to endure, you know, another half season with Mike Ashley, uh, to be honest, with some of the moves he's made, if you could – if Steve Bruce could, could somehow figure things out a little bit, I mean, Newcastle really aren't in that bad of a position. You think of the players that we've kind of brought in with Alan St. Maxman. I think it's, it's kind of pretty much universally known that he's going to be a solid Premier League player regardless of what system he's being run in, because he's been running the most I, negative system possible out of position. And he's still very good. I, I don't think at, he signed that for us to get better. I think he, he did that to sell. I really do. Yeah. I think now yeah. more than ever that that signing was to sell, like secure safety and to sell off. Yeah. 100%. I mean, and, and even like the guys were linked to like Valentino Lazaro has shown promise as a winger. Miguel Amaron has shown promise as a number 10. Um, it, you know, it's just, there, there's there the club is positioned now like you said it's positioned to sell but it's also it's positioned to survive like mike ashley made a ton of investment he he may have flopped on jolenton but he's made a ton of investment for a reason um and it is to keep us safe enough so that he can he can sell so even if this doesn't happen now it, it's bound to happen within the next season yeah all right you got anything else um I don't think, not particularly. All right. Um, oh, if, we'll be on the lookout for a dope little piece, little collab piece um, from the, the whole site about uh, signings that we were really upset when they have, when, wait, wait, no, not signings. Players we were really upset about when they were sold. So seeing some good responses so far. Yeah. Um, check, well, just keep Keep on keeping on. Um, If the takeover does happen, you will be getting an emergency pod from us and make sure to follow us on Twitter at CHN underscore radio Mm. to get updates regarding our takeover special extravaganza thing that we're, we don't know what to call it. Um, Hands. It's just the cans episode. Yeah. The cans episode. Uh, So that will conclude episode 130 of CHN Radio. I am your host, Greg Troxell. That is the best damn co-host in the land, Elijah Newsom. And this is Coming Home Newcastle, sounding so beautiful in the quarantine. Um, we'll talk to you hopefully really soon, and if not, next week, and away the lads. Love you guys. I made this rather be in jail. 
I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown ale I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the club again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park If the Gallagher turns in the rain I'm coming home And I'm proud to be a Geordie To live in Jody land Some people think we're 40 And we're hard to understand And they say it's just self-pity And we're not so very tough Cause the people in the big fat city Haven't had it tough as rough I'm coming home, Newcastle You can keep your London wing I'd walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle I wish I'd never been a weird I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound And me mother saying, hey, how weird I'm coming home And I miss the old blind busker Who stands at Phoenix door He plays a mean accordion You've all seen him there before The Geordie heroes, there's so many famous names Like Lindisfarne in Gaza, Brendan Foster in the Gates at Games I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail I'd walk the streets all day, I'll need for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle, if you never win the club again I'll brave the dark at St. James's Park at the Gallagher's end in the rain I'm coming home, Newcastle, you can keep your London wing I'd walk the streets all day, I'll wait for a bottle of the River Tyne I'm coming home, Newcastle, I wish I'd never been away I'd kiss the ground for the welcome sound in me mother saying, hey, how we I'm coming home, Newcastle, I might as well have been in jail Walk the streets all day I'll meet for a bottle of your own brown nail I'm coming home, Newcastle If you never win the club again I'll brave the dog, it's in James's pocket